we bless you, Lord. We worship your holy name. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, and we bless your name this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome five people. Don't sit down. Welcome five people. Tell them it's great to see you in the house of the Lord. I'll be counting. I'll be counting. So I want you to welcome five. Then you welcome six. Then you welcome seven. Then you welcome eight. And then you welcome nine. And you stop at ten. And I'm watching you. Some of you have just stood where you were standing. I want you to move. I want you to welcome somebody. And tell them, I welcome you to church this morning. Be blessed of the Lord. God has great plans for your life. It's good to see you in his house. May you be blessed this morning. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Possibly today is going to be the shortest preaching of Pastor McDuff because we are going to pray. Amen. We are going to take time to just pray. So I just want to share something so that we can pray with understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you happy to be in church this morning? Amen. You know what? Uh, some, some, some weeks, months ago, one day I just woke up in the morning and I was just so scared about the future. Just scared about next year. I was like, what's going on? What's really going on? Has God ceased to be God? And somehow I just remembered how great our God is. Amen? I just remembered how great our God is. And I said, God, I'm not afraid. I choose not to be afraid. My heart, my mind is making me to be afraid, but I am making a choice that I'm not afraid. Because I know you have proven yourself faithful before. You will prove yourself faithful again next year. So I'm going into 2020 not scared. Hallelujah. And today we are going to take some time to declare. And I want to tell you what to declare means. But before I say that, I just want to share something else quickly with you. And then we'll pray. We prayed some of these prayers when we began this morning. And then we'll pray again. The, these prayers that we prayed earlier on, we'll pray now. And then I'll add a few more. And then we'll stop at around quarter past nine, 20 past nine. Amen. Now. What I want you to know is that God is never in a hurry. Hallelujah. God is never in a hurry, but also God is never late. I want you to, to get those two things quickly. God is never in a hurry and God is never late. God is always on time. Anything that happens in your life, when it happens, it is according to the purposes of God that it should happen in your life at that time and no other time. I thought you were going to say amen. You people, you want people to be begging for you to say amen. Amen means let it be so. Hallelujah. So today I want to hear more amens. You can go back to, in January next year, you can go back to being quiet. But today I want you to hear, to say amen. Hallelujah. If you don't say, I'm going to beg you to say amen. Because it's for your own good. Hallelujah. Now, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Let's go there. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 
and I don't want to take too long to, to, to speak this morning. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 8. The tree of life version says, but don't forget this one thing. Don't forget this one thing. What is this one thing? And then I love it the way my Bible says. says, don't forget this one thing, loved ones. So even though other people may say you are not loved, the Bible says you are loved. I thought you were going to say amen. You remember I said hallelujah? Just remember to give me amen this morning. Alright? The Bible says, don't forget this one thing, loved ones. That with the Lord, one day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like one day. It basically means that God can do things which you thought they were going to take 1,000 years. God can do them just in one day. God can turn the story of your life around in less than 24 hours. He can. Hallelujah. He can do that. But the challenge we have is that we don't think in these terms. Yesterday I was very hungry after the fasting. And I broke the fasting. And then after I broke the fasting, I had a cup of tea or something else. Then uh, I was hungry. So I, I talked to my daughter said, I'm really starving. So my daughter went to tell my wife and said, oh, dad is really starving. I think you need to serve him. Then our youngest son says, nobody is eating now. We are all going to eat together because we are going to have quality family time. And I'm like, if you knew how hungry I am, your quality family time is yours. Me, I want to fit, but I had to wait. And the waiting was like a thousand years. I had to go and get a piece of mango. It didn't work. Then I went to get a banana. It didn't work. Then I had a bit of corn. It didn't work. Then another cup of tea. It still didn't work. And I'm said, and now I am starving. It sometimes when you are waiting, it looks like it's a thousand years. But you know, when God created you, I mean you, what God did was to put a dream in your heart, to put a dream in you, and that dream, whether it takes long or it doesn't talk long, it shall surely come to pass one day. Because one day to our God is like a thousand years. A thousand years to our God is like one day. It will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. It will come to pass. Most people, when they start in life, they start with a very big vision. They start with a very big vision. They have a very big goal. And then they have some kind of dream. They have some kind of a plan. They have some kind of a project for their life. And they can begin to see, this is how my life is going to turn out. And if you ask them, they have got the conviction that things will turn out that way. But as time goes on, as for waiting of the meal last night, more and more people begin to give up. They begin to go for mango. They begin to go for corn. They begin to go for banana. And yet the meal is on the way. Because more time is passing. Time is passing. And as time passes, people begin to give up on their dream before the dream is accomplished because the dream is not happening fast enough the way they wanted. They have forgotten that God works according to his time. He makes all things beautiful in its time. There is a time called this time. 
And the Lord makes things beautiful at that time. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know whether your dream has been battered. Has your dream been battered? It looks like right now it's in shreds. It looks like nothing can come out of that dream. The dream looks battered. The dream looks broken. And the dream has eventually been buried because of disappointment and discouragement. And you have given up on your dream. I want you to, this morning I came to tell you that God doesn't want you to do that. Hallelujah. If God gave you a dream for your life, I repeat one more time, it will happen. I want you to know it will happen. The Bible says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. He says, I have plans for you. I sit down as God, and I sit down and I begin to think. You may think that God doesn't think about you, but there are moments when God says, right now I'm thinking about Naomi. That's the one I'm thinking about right now. And then the angels of the sun goes to him and says, what are you thinking about her? And God says, I am thinking that I want to do her good. I am thinking that I want to do her good. Says, eh, you want to do her good? Says, I want to do her good. She hasn't seen good in a long time. She has been thinking I have forgotten her. But I am the God who remembers you know he is the God who remembered Hannah. He is the God who remembered Rebecca. He is the God who remembered Isaac. We serve a God who remembers. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want you to know it will happen. The only good news is that it will not happen on your timetable. It will happen on his timetable. The book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2. And then I'll say just a few more things and then we'll pray. Habakkuk chapter 2. If somebody found it, please, I want you to read it loud. I want you to read it loud. If you find it, just stand up and read it so loud. Habakkuk chapter 2. And you read in verse 3. I want you to hear what the Lord is saying this morning. And then we're going to pray. And then we're going to pray. You haven't found it? Okay, I'll leave, but just, okay, I'll give you my microphone. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Hallelujah. I love your vision. Can I hold your phone for two minutes? Then I'll give you back, all right? It says, this vision is for a future time. It describes the end. Always, always, always a vision describes the end. It doesn't describe the beginning. It always describes how the things are going to end. That's why the Bible says the end of a matter is bigger, is greater, is better than the beginning. Hallelujah. It says it describes the end. I don't know what you see. It says, and it will be fulfilled. That's a declaration. When, when God says it will be fulfilled, it seems slow in coming. Wait patiently. Wait patiently. For it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. It means at the time it needs to come, it's going to show up. Hallelujah. When we started KICC in 2012, 
I'll tell you the truth. I had dreams. I had dreams and I would just open up my mouth. I had really big dreams. And but also at the very same time, I was in a hurry. I was in a hurry thinking that everything is going to be done fast. And then along the way, I began to discover that God says, yeah, you have seen and you have seen, you have seen well, but it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen now. But slowly, steadily, the vision will eventually be fulfilled. And I want you to remember this, that God is never early in your life. God is never late in your life. God is always on time. Hallelujah. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to declare. We're going to declare. What does to declare mean? To declare means to announce. To declare means... To, to, to proclaim, to announce that something clearly, you announce it so clearly, you announce it so firmly, you announce it so publicly, and you announce it so officially that something is going to happen and you say it in an emphatic manner. Hallelujah. You say it in an emphatic manner. You say it publicly. You say it firmly, you say it clearly, you say it officially. It's a way when people say, I now declare you husband and wife. That's a declaration. You don't have a groom and a bride. They walk into church, you do everything else, you make them do their vows, and then you only come to them and say, You don't do that. You tell everybody. Say, me as a representative of Jehovah, I am standing here right now. That these two are no longer the way you used to see them. They are now husband and wife. And on that word, people have children. On that word, you still see them walk together. One is going that way, the other one is going that way. And, and you ask them and they say, we are one. How are you one? It was declared. It was declared openly, firmly, clearly, without any doubt that we are one. Hallelujah. You can declare and say, as far as I am concerned, this to me, according to me, this is the best chocolate I've ever eaten in life. Nobody can argue with you about that. You have declared. Amen? It's when America declared war on Japan. When America declared war on Japan in 1941, it basically clearly proclaimed and said, we are at war. And we as children of God, we must understand that, that we are at war. When you read Judges chapter 3, let me read it to you. Judges chapter 3, because I want us to pray, I really want to pray. Judges chapter 3. Maybe you are not understanding some of the things happening in your life. Let me explain. Judges chapter 3 verse 1 and verse 2. He says, now these are the nations that the Lord God left to test all Israel who had not experienced any of the wars of Canaan. It was only in order that the generation of the children of Israel might learn from war 
which they had not experienced before. So one of the desires of Jehovah is that we should experience what? War. Hallelujah. And, and you cannot go to war without understanding what war is all about. I met a friend this week. He's written a book called Prayer That Works. An, an effective guide to prayer. And he shares with me, he says, you know what? I have seen that a lot of people easily read the Bible. I can see that people can easily testify if they want to. But when it comes to prayer, it looks like a lot of people struggle to pray. So I've written this book. And I say, how much are you selling it? He says, I'm selling it for 4,000 kwach. But I've gotten to the point that even if somebody else has 1,000, I, what I want is I want them to get this book. If they can pay later, that's fine. But I'm selling it for 4,000. And I say, give me 61. Because I want everybody in our church to have this book. So I have brought some at the back. I wanted to read this book. I started reading it. I'm like, aha, uh -huh, God, now you're talking. You fight war on your knees. But unfortunately, most of us have no clue how to pray. Hallelujah. And so when you declare war, when they say the government has declared war on the drug dealers, it means that the government has announced that whatever you are doing about drugs, we will do everything under our power to make you stop. And you know what? It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit. When they say the country declared independence in 1952, it means that in that year, 1952, that country said, we are no longer, we are no longer under the occupation, under the control of another country. We are an independent country. We will make our decisions. We will have our own money. We will have our own economy. We will run things the way we run them. And you cannot tell us how to run the things. Hallelujah. So declaring the future. Today we are praying about declaring the future. When you begin to declare the future, it means you are declaring war against the kingdom of the devil. Because the devil will do everything to stop you coming what God wants you to become. Hallelujah. You are saying others may have been duped. Others may have been deceived. But I am different. I am of a different blood. My blood that flows in me is not just the blood of my father and my mother. It is the blood of the son of God, which is better than the blood of Abel. It's better than the blood of any other animal, God, whatever. This one is of the blood of the lamb. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is right now at work in my life and because Jesus came out of the grave I am coming out of the grave that the devil is trying to put upon my life I am rising and I'm rising higher and higher and higher and when you're saying that things are not looking like you're going down that's declaration hallelujah that's why the bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue those who love it, they eat of this fruit. He says, but you, you choose life. Hallelujah. So that's what it means. When God declared that David was going to be king. You know what happened? Saul came along the way. Saul came along the way. 
And Saul was not going to take it lying down. And I want you to know that that dream, that vision, which God has given you, which will surely speak at the end, never ever think the devil is going to take it lying down. Never. The same thing with Joseph. When the dream came in Joseph's life, and he begins to declare it, he had to tell his brothers. Whether the brothers wanted to hear it or not, they had to know this is what God is up to. He didn't know there's going to be the Ishmaelites along the way. He didn't know there's going to be Potiphar's wife along the way. He didn't know there's going to be a dungeon along the way. And I love the way David says it. In, 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 in uh, Psalm, Psalm chapter 3 verse 1, he says, it says a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Sometimes it looks in your life as if you are running away. And yet it's God ordering your steps. Hallelujah. You, you want to go that way, but you end up going that way. And yet it's God. And the Bible says, then David got to the point whereby he said, Oh God, how many are my enemies Many are rising up against me. Many are saying to my soul, there is no deliverance for him in God. And then he, and all of a sudden, David turns around. says, but you are God. You are a shield around me. You are a shield around me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. When my head wants to go down, I tell it, you must understand, the Lord is the one who lifts up your head. Look up head. Because the Lord God is your God. And then in verse 6 he says, I lie down and I sleep and I awake for God you sustain me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people all around who have taken their stand against me. Arise, oh God, arise. Deliver me, my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You shatter the teeth of the wicked. And then he says, deliverance belongs to the Lord. And he says, let your blessing be on your people. One of the things God wants to do is to bless you. Hallelujah. That's one of the things that God wants to do. And I want to read one last one and then we, uh, we will stand. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel. I saw something that God declared to the children of Israel in the book of Ezekiel. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. I, want you to, I just want you to listen to this. This is God saying, he says, So, God now making a declaration. So, I will set up one shepherd over them. My servant David, he will tend them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. I, Adonai, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David will be prince among them. I, the Lord God, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them. I will remove the evil beasts from the land so that they may dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest. I will make them and the places around them, around my hill, a blessing. I will cause the rain to come down in its season. There will be showers of blessing. The tree of the field will yield its fruit. The ground will yield its produce. They will be secure in their land. They will know that I am Adonai. When I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them, they will no longer be praised 
away to the nations. The peace of the earth will not devour them. They will live in security. No one will make them afraid. I will make their agriculture renowned. They will no longer be consumed with hunger in the land. They will no longer bear the scorn of the nations. They will know that I, Adonai, their God, am with them. They, the house of Israel, are my people. It is a declaration of Adonai. So you, my sheep, the sheep of my, my pasture, you are human and I am your God. It is a, a declaration of Adonai Elohim. Hallelujah. He says, I know you're human. And I want you to understand this. Because we are in the season of Christmas, this is what I want you to think. I want you to think of this. Because of all this, one day, the savior of mankind, the second person in the Godhead, one day, once, he was a fetus. He was a fetus, born of a woman, breastfed, possibly had nappies changed, fed porridge, fed cerelac, taught how to walk, and all that to make sure that he reconciles man back to God. And 1 John chapter 3, 8 says, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. So he doesn't promise a smooth sailing. But he guarantees a safe arrival. For some of us, this year has been tough. But God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. They, that's what God says. Prayer, what prayer does is that it makes you look up to God. If you can solve a problem on your own, you don't need help. God will bring you good despite the bad things that happens in our lives. Sometimes people come to the point and say, you know what? No matter how much I pray, nothing changes. So why should I bother to pray? You should pray. Because that's the only thing you have, pray. Why do the wicked prosper? Just pray. Hallelujah. You just pray. So I want us to stand up. I, I was going to go on, but let's stand up. Let's stand up. We read in earlier in the morning, Romans chapter 8 verse 18. He says, for I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared with the coming glory which will be revealed in us. With the vision that you are going to have. With the dream that's going to come to pass in your life. No matter what people have done, they never created you. Hallelujah. So I want you to open your mouth and I want you to declare openly, firmly, publicly, officially. And say, Lord, I want to thank you and I'm here today. I want to declare that me now, my future is glorious. And my future is great. My future is blessed. And for this, I thank you. Begin to pray. And I'm, I want to hear you pray.